0: Trillions and trillions of dollars have already been spent on COVID-19 relief. The state of Illinois is set to get $164 billion of that from uh, last year's COVID-19 relief package and this year's COVID-19 relief package. And that $164 billion, it's going out all across P- public sector, private sector, schools, businesses, unemployment, uh, PPE, Uh, It's all over the place. A lot of tax dollars going out. And now uh, members of Congress looking at even more spending. Uh, Here on the WMAY Morning News Feed, I'm Greg Bishop. Thanks for hanging out. You can always find me on social media, Bishop on Air. Just search it on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can also email me, bishoponair at gmail.com. But to talk about what's being proposed over in Washington, D.C. with an infrastructure bill and a bill that's chock full of other kinds of domestic programs is Maya McGinnis. She is president for the Center for a Responsible Federal Budget. Maya, thanks for taking time with us. For people not familiar with your group, go ahead and give us uh, the elevator pitch of uh, what is the center for a responsible federal budget. Good morning.
1: Good morning. Nice to be with you. Yeah, the elevator pitch is that we are a bipartisan group. I think that's really important. I'm a political independent, and we're focused on fiscal responsibility, which means if you're going to borrow money, it should be for an economic reason. Sometimes it makes sense to. But we normally in this country these days do it for political reasons. That's not responsible. That's political expediency. And it's really bad for the economy in the long run. And so we're worried about that. We try to educate people and work with policymakers to improve our budget policy in the in the country.
0: So what have you seen in the past, uh, let's just say, year and a half? Uh, since the beginning of the pandemic uh, and uh, the Center for a uh, Responsible Federal Budget has a uh, different website, uh, COVID Money Tracker. I believe that's covidmoneytracker.org. But wow, Uh, I mean, it's pretty revealing how much has actually been uh, proposed and passed to be spent. We're talking trillions of dollars.
1: Yeah, this was a massive, massive response to a massive crisis. And let me make a distinction. There are times when it makes sense to borrow. And during this huge pandemic and recession, it did make sense because the economy was crashing and you borrow to actually prop up the economy. And then there are times when it doesn't make sense to borrow, today, when the economy is strong. And that doesn't mean you can't spend money. If there are things you want to do, whatever your priorities are, you can spend money on them. But at a time like this, when the economy is strong again, you also need to figure out how to pay for it. But to your first point, during this huge pandemic crisis, basically trillions became commonplace, whereas we used to, in the budget world, talk about billions. We are now talking about trillions, and the, pol- the size of the policies that are being proposed have just been supersized. They are so massive; it's almost it's hard to get your arms around them. And yet, more and more of these new policies, without full pay-for's, are being proposed. Many for very good good objectives: infrastructure investment, climate, important things. But we're not spending any time talking about how to fully
0: pay for them. We're talking with Maya McGinnis. She is president of the Center for Responsible Federal Budget here on the WMAY morning news feed. Now, a little bit later, I'm going to talk with Congressman Rod, um, Darren LaHood, who is uh, a Central Illinois Congressman uh, over in Washington, D.C. Uh, they uh, could take up the $3.5 trillion uh, proposal for domestic programs, or they could take up the $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill that the Senate already passed. Um what, what's your evaluation of these dollars that are being proposed uh, when it comes to uh, – are we going to see good bang for the buck when it comes to the tax dollar?
1: Uh, yeah, I guess two, two, two major points. The first is these are really good objectives in that our budget focuses way too often on consumption, just giving money that will be spent. And now we're talking more about investments that's better for the economy in the long run. The second thing is I like that the White House has said these investments are going to be fully paid for. That said, the downside of these things, uh, they are not fully paid for, and the kinds of pay-fors that are out there tend to be gimmickry uh, layered on top of some real pay-fors. That's just going to add to our already massive debt. Our debt is above 100% of GDP. And the second thing is I'm worried about how the money will be spent, particularly when it comes to infrastructure. I'd really like to see an outside board of impartial experts talking about the best use of infrastructure dollars rather than watching politicians fight about getting things for their own districts, where we know a lot of money will be wasted. So some expertise, um, having more influence than just the day-to-day scrum of politics, I think would do a lot of good to make sure those dollars aren't wasted.
0: Maya, uh, the $1.2 trillion infrastructure plan apparently does have some unused COVID money that's included in that, uh, and and there was bipartisan support, though there were a lot of Republicans who opposed it, Uh, but then we get this $3.5 trillion plan. Is it only going to be $3.5 trillion, or is it going to be even more, and how does... The Congress intend to to pay for this? Because that's not money that we have sitting in the Treasury, right? I mean, we've got a substantial deficit right now, let alone all of the debt that taxpayers are on the hook for from uh, congressional spending.
1: That's exactly right. So we are borrowing already $3 trillion this year. And even when we're out of this downturn or this kind of post-emergency period, we're going to be borrowing a trillion dollars a year. And here we are talking about a Second policy package after the bipartisan trillion plus infrastructure package, which they're calling three and a half trillion, but actually it's much larger. By our account, it would be about five trillion dollars once you get rid of a lot of gimmicks and pretend expirations. We saw this in the tax cuts a few years ago. Uh, lawmakers love to pretend that a policy is going to quote unquote expire when everybody knows that's not going to happen just to make the price tag look lower. So we're really talking about five or five and a half trillion dollars. And, again, it might be okay if you want to find a way to pay for these things, but even after all the big tax cuts that are being proposed, and that's repealing some of the corporate tax reductions, increasing taxes on high earners and capital, there are a lot of ideas out there, the way that they're planning to pass this, they've already said, we're going to let ourselves borrow $1.75 trillion. And, again, I know it's hard to identify with that amount of money, but it is a massive amount of borrowing that we are saying – to our children, we're going to have you figure out how to pay for this because we don't want to. And the downside of all this debt is it harms the economy. It leaves us vulnerable to future emergencies like like we saw COVID. But also, it leaves us vulnerable on a geopolitical stage because we're borrowing a lot of this money from overseas, including a good deal from China. We are dependent on low interest rates and other countries financing our debt. It leaves us in a really vulnerable position at a time where things are – Things are tense in the world right now. We should be coming at this from a position of fiscal strength, and it really worries me that we continue to borrow a trillion-plus every single year, frankly, just because nobody wants to do the hard work of saying, this is what I want to give up. This is what I want to spend less on, or these are the taxes I'm willing to pay. And, and budgets are supposed to be about trade offs. We have such a polarized environment where our politicians are so busy fighting we're not dealing with those trade-offs, honestly, and that does real damage to the economy and our strength.
0: Maya McGinnis, president of the Center for a Responsible Federal Budget here on the WMAY Morning News Feed. So what's next here? Uh, Speaker Pelosi called Congress back. Uh, apparently they were going to try to pass something yesterday. Didn't happen. Uh, some of the chatter I'm hearing mm-hmm. and I'm reading about is uh, moderate uh, Democrats aren't necessarily willing to go that far. Uh, is this thing going to cross the finish line, or are we going to see— uh, more debates uh, and uh, more discussions.
1: Please. Please don't ask me to predict anything because Washington makes no <laughs> sense at all these days. It's just not sensible. But listen, what these moderates are asking makes tons of sense, actually. They are saying, let us vote on the bipartisan infrastructure bill, and then let us vote on this five dollars trillion Democratic-only spending bill. And I think if there's enough support to pass the bipartisan bill, let's do that. And then let's look at if there's enough support to, to pass the next one. But- In a democracy, you shouldn't be, like, hijacking one bill by tying it to another when there's not enough support for both of them. I don't think the way that the leadership controls who votes on what is healthy or helpful. I think if there's a big group of people, enough to pass a bipartisan infrastructure bill, we should look at that. Frankly, my feeling is we should figure out a way to pay for it. There's still $400 billion of borrowing in that bill, and that's an issue. But separating them like these moderates are asking for – makes an awful lot of sense, and I don't think we should be holding things hostage at this time. I think we should be trying to get done the pieces of particularly bipartisan policy work that we can get done. Wouldn't it be nice to see our, our members of Congress working as though they're helping for the country instead of their two respective parties?
0: It would be nice to see uh, the party dynamic uh, not really be the major focus of those that we elect to get into Congress and actually uh, focus on uh, spending our tax dollars appropriately and getting the best bang for the buck. Uh, Right, (laughs) right. Imagine that.
1: Figuring out what's important to spend on, how you're going to pay for it, and how you're going to make sure it does the best job it can. That's what public policy is supposed to be, not sort of rough-and-tumble politics.
0: Yeah, Maya, tell us about uh, the website where people can get more information about the Center for a Responsible Federal Budget and also where they can find out about the, uh, the COVID Money Tracker.
1: Yeah, crfb.org, we have so many resources we'd love people to look at because COVID Money Tracker does uh, track all the money that's been spent for this this response. What I think is really interesting is a new set of interactive tools called Building a budgeting for the future, and these look at how you would spend money It gives you a lot of options and asks whether you'd spend more or less on it. Then it asks how you'd pay for it. There's some quizzes. There's some personality types. Trying our best to make the budget both fun and accessible. I think it's fun, but I realize not everybody does. But, again, the numbers are so alienating. that These interactive tools are a real way to become familiar with the the tools. And if you respond what your preferences are, we gather all this information, kind of use it to crowdsource, and share it with members of Congress saying this is how voters or voters in Illinois, this is how different – This is what people's preferences are, because we think people should be more involved in the budget. And just by the way, we don't even have a budget this year. Mm. Our budget committees failed to come up with a budget this year. And that in itself, you could never run a small business, a company that way without a budget, and yet our country is being run that way. So let's start there. Like, Let's get a budget in place, for starters.
0: Well, we did have that very scenario play out uh, here in Illinois several years ago. I think we went – a year and a half maybe maybe close to two years if I recall running around the state house during the uh, the budget impasse and yeah the bills were still being uh, stacked up and tax dollars were still being spent but there yeah, was no yeah. actual no budget to budget uh, spend your money <laughs> right so it's pretty incredible Maya uh, thank you so much for taking time with us she's the president of the Center for responsible federal budget uh, Maya McGinnis thank you so much for taking time we'll talk again soon okay nice to be with you